So this family came to me about a 17-year-old boy when he was about 15. He was in a regular yeshiva. He started to slide down and down and down. He went through all those bumps, speed bumps that all of you know about. And all of a sudden this, and then all of a sudden that, and then he's not wearing a yarmulke, he's not showing up to school, and they catch him with a device. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. He gets thrown out of yeshiva, he goes to a weaker yeshiva, shvacher yeshiva, gets thrown out of there, he stops going, he's going, hanging it out in the park. All of a sudden he's smoking weed. A very angry, very angry kid. Very angry. You know what it's like when a kid is just angry? And it's like you're saying, hi, how was your day? And his answer is, let's do it together. <laughs> right, F you, shut the F up. I hate to talk like this. Right? Somebody said, oh, so in French, I said, oh, we have that same word in English. <laughs> it's multicultural. Right? And it's just angry. And it's just like, what's happening? Finally, they said, listen, we have to have a meeting. They sat down. We're going to make a contract. Here's the deal. We're forgetting all the regular rules. We're forgetting about everything that we ever asked of you. We're forgetting about yeshiva. We're forgetting about weed. We're forgetting about everything. You can't walk around this house in just your underwear. He was the oldest of eight. You can't. You have to put on an undershirt. What are we asking for? You can't just walk around in your undergarments. Garment. Sounds reasonable, right? Number two. You can't walk around every sentence with the F word. They have a bunch of little kids. And you have to wear yarmulke. Now, I don't know, compared to those first two requests, not sure where the yarmulke comes in, but got to wear yarmulke. He said, deal. They signed the contract. They always say, we, we adults, we know that unless you're going to go buy a house, you're going to buy a business, something serious. After all the negotiation happens with the lawyer, you sign a contract, what do you do? The deal's over. Right? You sign the contract. They were celebrating. Okay, he does what he does, but he's going to wear yarmulke, and he's not going to use the curse words like a truck driver, like a drunken sailor, and he's going to wear at least an undershirt. Okay, we can live with that now. After two years, they learned how to go down, down, down. And boy, were they shocked how within just a few minutes, he was over Gimel, Averis, Hamidis, the Vasakas, boom, comes down. And they're like, where's your yarmulke? Where's your yarmulke? I, I, I don't know where it is. It's not that hard. I mean, mine has never left my head except for high winds or maybe a roller coaster. It pretty much stays there, you know? And his is not, uh, no yarmulke. And then, and where's your undershirt? It didn't work. They said, we're really sorry. We love you. We love you. We cannot have you in this house this way. So they threw him out. Rebellion Brunishlita sent them to me. He said, if this is where you're holding, go down. And they came here about six years ago. Difficult kid. Difficult process. And I remember the first bomb that they dropped and the letter that they wrote and the changes that they started to have with him. And it kept on getting better and better. Easy? Not at all. Not at all, no. There was still a sick kid who, who on, on their own, without threatening, should know how to dress with clothing. And he still was separated from everything. Everything and everything and everything. But what was amazing is in a very short time, the anger was gone. 
all of a sudden they said he he was in the house and they were like, Hi, good morning. And he's like, wasn't a few. And then after a few more months, it was like, Hi, can I make you something? Okay. He started becoming pleasant again. They didn't see this for years, just to be normal, to be pleasant. Fast forward two more years, and he went to Eretz Yisrael to learn Yeshiva. He was clean off drugs. He was happy. He was from, and he went to a, a almost regular Yeshiva. I mean, he, it wasn't the mirror. It wasn't brisk. From Yeshiva, and he sat and learned for two years. He texted me today. He texted, my name is da 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 I never thanked you for your involvement in saving my life. I found out that you're the one who guided my parents and they embraced me and they treated me the way I needed to be treated. And I'm sending you the invitation to my wedding that's next week. Wow. A Jewish wedding, Kedas Moshe Yisrael, a regular invitation. And he sent me a picture, Chassid Bekala, a regular yeshiva, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get to that later. You knew it. You knew it, right? Mirz Hashem by all of you, the color of Mamash. We have have the medicine. And people say, oh, Ali says, give him whatever he wants. When the choice is, kill him, or temporarily give him what he needs to recover. That's what we're saying. And we're talking about very sick kids, or even earlier stages when you see that arguing and fighting is making the kid crazy. I got an email this week from a different country. They have a team, a team of psychologists working on their son. He's 15 years old. He tried to kill himself. And he's in a psych ward. He's coming out next week, and this is their question. We know when he comes back, he's probably going to go back to his earlier behavior. Uh-huh. What's his earlier behavior? Is he killing anybody? No. Is he doing drugs? No. You know what his earlier behavior was? He dropped out of school, and all he does all day is play video games. <laughs> 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours, all he does is play video games. So they told us, you can't let that happen. He has to go to school. You have to put limits. You have to put boundaries. You have to tell him, no, it's no two hours, four hours. But the last time we did that, he tried to kill himself. He swallowed a bottle of pills, and that's how we ended up in the psych ward. What should we do? Is it really true that we should listen to all these professionals? And I'm thinking, I feel like they're living in a dareful somewhere, like in a little farm, where their child is dying of... Pick an easy illness. He has a... Strep throat. Strep throat. Thank you. And half an hour away in the big city, 10,000 kids a day get medicine, get penicillin, and don't die. And they're still going in the farm and putting eggs on his head at a place I don't know what they did to treat it. And they're burying their kids. Like, what does that have? I mean, first of all, that this is going to work. He obviously has a problem. He dropped out of school. And all he's saying is, time out. I can't go to school. I can't. I can't go to school. I'm not hurting anybody. Let me be. And we're going to pull the plug on the respirator, which is his 
And we think he's going to say, thanks, Mom. I'm good now. I'm going back to school. I wasn't going to go to school because you let me play video games all day. We've had, I don't know, just in this room dozens, hundreds of kids. Let them be. Otherwise, they kill themselves. There's not not even 1% chance that you're going to do that to him, and he's going to get better. And it all comes from this understanding, misunderstanding, that they're bad, the manipulators. You're going to let them be? When will he ever turn his life around? And because of that thinking, they're going to bury the kid. Bury. He's going to die. Unless God saves him, he will be within a day back in the psych ward. As so many of you have tried this, and psych ward, psych ward, psych ward, psych ward. Leave him alone. You're putting him in the psych ward. He doesn't have psychiatric illness. He either has trauma or something that's scaring him and stopping him. And because there's no x-ray, the parents, because of the advice, are traumatizing him to the point that he's going to kill himself. And this is the advice. Is it true? Is there any other option? What? What? And and the whole thing, you're looking around here, people out there watching still think that that's the way to go, and we're permissive. Because what we do is we let him do whatever he wants. The other way is throw him off the building. Throw him off the building is fine. Burying kids every day in Kali Yisrael, fine, but we're permissive. We're not permissive. There's a fever. And these kids say, I, I wish I just had cancer. And then nobody would, would be, would be <laughs> blaming me. Nobody would be judging me. Nobody would be looking down at me. Just let me be. This kid just wants to play video games because he, he's not doing drugs. He just needs to check out. And until we figure out what to do, chas v'shalom. It's so sad. So many calls just this week. So Hashem should have, we should do the right thing. Let them recover. Stop being against them. Don't let anybody convince you that this kid is a monster or a manipulator and a liar. And if you don't, how's it? And what they do is they advise the parents who are just, when, when the kid has a heart attack, you, you're not involved. You, you just hug the kid. The doctors are involved. And in this situation, they put the parents in the middle. It's you have to. It's your fault. Really, we're going to help solve the depression, the anxiety, the mental illness, the being suicide. It's the parents' fault. We created this. We can stop it with rules and boundaries. You can't be commit suicide between 6 and 12 p.m. You have to. You have to. You're never, you're put in and you make it worse. And we see the result of that. And they take this leg from under the table. Without these legs under the table, this table will fall. They pull out mommy and tati. Mommy and daddy. Mommy and Abba. How come Abba and Mommy and daddy, how come men have three different, how come Mommy's always Abba? I don't know. Ima, I guess. They pull out the thing, the only thing that the kid needs to survive through whatever he's going through, which is your support and your connection, and then they pull that out and they risk that for this made up thing that by you showing him, I don't like you, this is unacceptable behavior, that that is somehow going to fix the kid. And then they tell you afterwards, years later, connection is very important. <laughs> Connect, now they know connection is what saves lives. Yeah, but you told us to disconnect. And we paid like, how much money in therapy? Thousands of dollars going. And each thing you said, connection is very important. But you can't let this, you can't let that. She can't walk around the house. Da, 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 da. They have fever. We have the medicine. So Hashem should help. You should all see Yeshua's and the force. And be to what these parents who came to me 
are zayichet to walk your kids down to a chumah kedas moshe be yisrael yukarav mamish.